0: What a, bit, what a beautiful, beautiful day God has blessed us with, um, and I welcome every single one of you here, boats and all. It is, it is great to be together um, in the Lord's house, on the Lord's lawn, on the Lord's day. There is so much for us to be thankful for, but we live in very, very unique times. I don't know if you know or not, but Craig and Kimber Brady um some time ago rescued a baby squirrel how you rescue a baby squirrel not quite sure but they did typical brady fashion they nurtured and loved little baby humphrey which they named it into now a full-grown healthy and very very active squirrel we were out to the brady's this past week with some other folks and and humphrey was crawling all over Someone, <clears throat> I'll just leave unnamed, and, and my wife, Wendy, took some videos of that so we could send our grandkids back in Kansas. And uh, as Humphrey's crawling all over and, and Wendy's getting a video, we send it to our grandkids, to which our oldest grandchild, Denson, looked at the video and he said this. He goes, that's just crazy, Papa, that's just crazy. And little Noel, <laughs> course, doing everything that her big brother is doing, just, just kept shaking her head and saying, crazy, 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 crazy. You know, I, I think in all honesty, they've pretty much summed up how we all feel right now with what's going on in the world around us. It is just crazy. Everything, just as Matt alluded to a moment ago, we tried to have control of, of something and, and, and we realize that we have control of nothing. Even this very day that we are, what, gathered together, beautiful sunshine. And yet God has us in a text that you'd say, wow, that's not really fitting for today. But God has a plan here. And I believe it's very, very important for us in times like this, where the world is crazy around us, for us to have a clear word from the Lord. You see, what helps settle some of the craziness is the fact that as we have gathered several hundred people together, there are more than enough of us here. As we live in a town of several thousand, there's more than enough right here to come to give a sense of order and structure, to give love, to give an example of what grace is to a world that is literally crazy all around us i was reading just this morning in first peter it says that we are to prepare your minds for action that we're to set our hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of jesus christ as obedient children and we're going to look today in exodus 20 about the importance of obedience that's how we are to live As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy as I am holy. Let me tell you that there is a way that we counter some of the craziness and people are totally confused with what's going on in the world around them. You and I are called to live distinct and unique and separate from all of the craziness. And there is more than enough that Holy Spirit dwelling in us to impact and change those in our entire community. And that's why I believe that we have the text before us that we do today. Beautiful, sunshiny day, and we're gonna look at the subject of stealing and lying. Why? Because God in his providence has a lesson for you and I to live set apart, to live holy. Our lives are different than all of the other people. Our lives are different than all of the craziness that's going on around us. We'll go to Exodus chapter 20 as we continue on in our series through the book of Exodus, this wilderness journey. Before we get into it, let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for this day that you have graced us with because of your love. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to you who is in complete control. You are all knowing and you are all powerful and you are all present. And Lord, we get to call you. Father. We thank you for that. Father, I pray right now that your spirit would speak and that all of us would hear from you. In a world that is in turmoil around us, may we live with a sense of calm in your perfect sovereign will. We need your help. Please help us to live holy and separate and set apart so that you would be glorified, the name of Jesus would be exalted, and the good news of the gospel would continue to go forward in this incredible, beautiful community. Speak now and may us, your children, hear. We ask this in the amazing and wonderful and powerful and matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If you recall a little bit of a review, it has been God speaking from a distance to the nation Israel. And now at Mount Sinai, as the nation is gathered at the base, and Moses goes to the top, it's God speaking up close. There's thunder and lightnings, and God is revealing himself to his children. Not only are these commandments here to help us, but they're actually here to teach us, which we always need to learn about God himself. We learn the fact that he is an ultimate authority. You don't mess with God. His final word is his final word. And yet, not only is he an ultimate authority, but we see a loving generosity that he desires to bless us. So with these commandments, we not only move, in a sense, forward, but we're also moving outward, not only learning about our love for God in the first four commandments, but our love for one another. How do we treat one another? How do we live alongside of one another? That's what these commandments are all about. We continue on here in in verse 15 of Exodus chapter 20. It's a very, very short text for us to begin this morning. We're going to look at two of them, but the first one is this. You shall not steal. Two points I want to give to you this morning. The first one is this. Robbing from others will actually rob you of the life that God desires to bless. You say, wait a minute, it's pretty clear. If it's not yours... Don't take it. Can we we get the barbecues out now? And, like, isn't that really all that it's saying? It about sums it all up. I don't know if anyone here has knocked off a bank recently or not. Like, at some level, we hear that and we're like, duh, we get it. Yet, for some reason, you and I are fascinated with this subject of thievery. It goes way back. Some of you will date yourself with the great train robbery but you know one of the great movies of all time but we're fascinated with the Robin Hood stories oceans 11 course those things are only for entertainment purposes but what is it about this particular commandment today that is teaching us what is God revealing himself about him To us, what is he saying? What is he teaching? Why is this commandment? It's literally right up there next to murder and adultery. Why? Because this is big stuff. This is, as we learned last week, this is a heart matter. And we know that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Jesus taught in Matthew 15 and Mark chapter 7: for from within the hearts of men come evil thoughts, immorality, theft, murder, adultery. Proverbs chapter four, Solomon warns what in chapter in verses 23 through 27, above all else, guard your hearts for everything you do flows from it. So in a sense, we're gathered here today in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania, where those that were gathered 3,500 years ago at the base of Mount Sinai, they are needed words. Now, what I found is we just want to say which boxes am I supposed to check? How many packets of Chick-fil-A sauce are really too many? Before I'm kind of crossing the line there. Just tell me and I will make sure that I never take too many. And then I'll tell other people, you take more than I do. So apparently you got a bigger problem than me. I have heard whole messages, and I'm not joking, whole messages on what two people should never order one refillable drink when they're at McDonald's. An entire message on that. We want to know which boxes are we supposed to check. And there are endless scenarios in today's world ever pull up to a toll booth before and you throw your change in and you realize that you missed the little basket? So you open the door and you realize there's a ton of change down there. Nobody stops. In that brief moment, that's a lot of quarters and quarters add up quick. Who owns that? Wasn't that intended for, for not for you, There are all kinds of scenarios. You've not paid your water bill for several months because the water meter is broken. And so what? It's apparently it's their fault. And so we kind of chuckle at this. We have a tendency to laugh off this commandment. If, If they're not paying attention, it's what? It's their loss and our gain. Wait a minute. We are called to live separate, distinct, holy, set apart in every way. I can appreciate the fact and you could probably make a really strong case on why you should never take too many napkins from KFC. But in reality, something bigger is happening here. This is not a laughing matter. God has more to say to us. God is calling us. To something that is much higher than, how much can we get away with without being caught? Now, why is that important? You know why it's important? Because eternity is at stake. And I don't say that quickly or flippantly. Proverbs chapter 10, ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value, but righteousness delivers from death. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, there is, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. It talks about the fact that people who decide to live like that, apparently you're not included in the family of God. It's not about how much you can get away with. It's about being called to live separate, distinct and holy in a very, very unholy. And we could even say crazy worlds as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has a plan for us. Let me remind you of this. It is a good plan. It is a good, good plan. We need to hear and we need to heed God's plan for our lives. God's plan is to bless us. God's plan is to bless our socks off. Not with the prosperity theology that says, if you trust in Jesus, then you'll never get sick and you'll always be well. None of that garbage. But God desires to bless us so that we can do his will for his glory, extending his kingdom, not our own. His followers of the Lord God, followers of the one true God. In a sense, we go back to the very, very beginning, I think, is how we learn, to the garden, the blessing of creation, where we have God who has ordained what work? Genesis chapter 1, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. And yet, for some reason, all of the commandments, all of them, are necessary because something broke, something happened. There's what is referred to as the fall of mankind. As adorable as it is to see a little one come up to you with chocolate all over their face. Did you, did you take that when you were told not to take that? Did you steal that? Oh no, Papa. As adorable as that is, Inside that little one is an adorably wicked heart. And that adorably wicked heart exists and abides in all of us. So we have to understand here that this particular commandment, there's massive implications for all of human life. It provides a foundation of how we are to live and interact with one another. It provides a foundation of of owning property, of stewardship and of accountability. Before you ever, ever think, well, that's, that's that person. I would never, ever do such a thing again. Go back to the very beginning creation, garden, Adam, Eve, in perfect perfection, in intimate fellowship, they had literally everything. They had everything that you could ever want, and yet they still want it more. They still more. they took something that was not theirs. They took something that did not belong to them. They stole, they were thieves and people suffered. Guess what? You and I still suffer today as a result of what happened in that garden. Let me remind you, let me read to you the account as far as how it took place. Excuse me, Genesis chapter 2. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, to keep it. And the Lord God commanded man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, listen to this, you shall surely die. The narrative of the story continues on in Genesis 3. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was to be desired and to make one wise, she she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Rather than what? Rather than just enjoying and basking in all of God's provision, with a grateful heart, everything that has been graciously and lavishly poured out. Rather than us being grateful, there's something within that says what? We want more. As much as you have, as much as I have been blessed with, something inside, we still want more. More, the heart of the problem is what? It's always a problem of the hearts. Therefore, we must what? Let me give you a couple practical things. Number one is this, seek a heart of gratitude. Wherever you are in life. Yeah, but we don't have what those people, no, seek a heart of gratitude. It says in Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Look around at the blessings that you already have before you ever yearn for and ache for that which you do not have. We have to be grateful. Isn't it interesting that one of the descriptions of the end times is that children will be ungrateful, they'll be unthankful. That's where problems come. Dads and moms, raise them up. And the instruction of the Lord. Not only should we seek a heart of gratitude, but we have to seek a never-ending concern for other people. You realize that your selfishness for wanting more is going to hurt others. Your greediness is going to hurt other people. Brett McCracken says it like this. theft, like any sin, is never only consequential for the thief. Listen to this. Sin is less like a bullet and more like a bomb. There are victims all around and countless lives are affected by it. By taking something no one will ever notice, no one will ever see. No, you're actually hurting someone else, contributing to the brokenness rather than what being placed and called here to counter the brokenness through the gospel and through the good news of Jesus Christ. Which means thirdly what? Seek a life like Christ who gave, who gave sacrificially rather than living every single day where many of us start our day, start our week with how much can I get? What am I going to gain? If we live like Christ, we call ourselves Christians, ones like Christ. We live to give, we live to give. We don't live to get. That's what's at the heart of this. We are. We are part of, and we are blessed, even with the craziness. We still have more than the overwhelming majority of the entire world that the United States. Oh my. That the United. Yet for some reason, thank you. We still have a desire to get more. That's why Paul wrote. In 1 Timothy, chapter God bless us. Secondly, we move on. Bearing false witness will cause you to bear the burden. diversion tactics genesis chapter 3 after adam and eve eat god asks the question have you eaten of the tree which i commanded you not to eat now obviously god knows what has happened but he's asking adam have have you taken something that wasn't did you steal something Listen to the classic diversion tactics. The man said, the woman. Oh, it's always gotta be someone else's fault. The, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruits of the tree and uh, I ate. You say, wait a minute, didn't technically speaking, and this is how we take truth. There's always, what, there's always a shred of truth. Technically speaking, Adam did admit that he ate of the tree. He ate of the fruits. But let's remember it says what in our text? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Bearing false witness in a sense is what? Is raising the bar. A lot of times we quickly replace um, you shall not bear false witness with you shall not lie. And there's so much more to it than that. That's why we love this phrase that we read in Scripture. Which bearing false witness deals with any and all speech that is misleading. A lot of times, many people are not going to outwardly lie, but they will twist and they will divert and they'll kind of seed things in such a way that, well, technically, technically speaking, it was only a little to no, 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 no. You and I are called out here for purpose, to live separate than everyone else. This commandment is, in a sense, raising the bar. Last week, Pastor Aaron did an amazing job talking about in Matthew chapter 5 that Jesus raised the bar, that hate in your heart equals murder. Lust in your heart equals adultery. So what he is saying here is what? any type of deception it may not be a bold-faced lie but if you are seeking to mislead someone even slightly that's bearing false witness that's in a category as it says in proverbs chapter six there are six things the lord hates seven are an abomination to him haughty eyes number one pride number two on the entire list is a lying tongue. Now just pause for a moment. God is a loving, gracious God. And yet it actually says in scripture that he hates this word in Hebrew, is it means to abhor, to detest, to loathe, to express a feeling of hostility, intense distaste. It deals with the idea of scorning. That's the language that God is using when it comes to you trying to weave your way through without fully telling the truth as you are bearing false witness. It's pretty obvious that in this text in Proverbs chapter 6, God is seeking to communicate something that is so foreign from who He is, it's not part of His character. God's attributes are attributes of truthfulness. And we are to reflect God, who it says in Titus chapter 1, who never lies, who does not lie, who says in the King James Version, cannot lie. And yet it seems that we live in a world that is filled with lies every single day. For just $19.99, just click this button and muscles will appear, really? The pounds will just disappear. Just pay this price, and we hear this every single day. Promises of wealth, promises of prosperity and happiness. You can, look, you can earn up to $10,000 a week if you just sign up right now. That's the world that we live in, lies abound around us. And yet what we have to understand is that every single lie beginning from the very garden, beginning from creation, where Satan the serpent whispers, you will not die. That what? That old serpent, that is Satan, the devil, Revelation chapter 20 says, it's described in John chapter eight, that he was a murderer from the very beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. So, so think about what's happening here. I know that the sun is beating on you and you can feel the sweat Dripping down your back, but what's happening here? Big picture stuff. Taking something that is not yours. Misleading someone. Even with a shred of truth there, misrepresenting the truth, we recognize something is wrong. Quite wrong, quite broken. You ever been stolen from before? I actually had my pants stolen one time. It's not a pleasant experience. You ever been lied to? Not only does that make us, what, angry? Not only can that break our heart, we feel sad for what they've done. We feel frustrated. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How do you think the person feels that you stole from? How do you think the person feels that you misrepresented the truth? How do you think they feel? What do we do here? How do we act? How should we think? Turn. Repentance is the only and ultimate answer of where we begin and how we act. Turn from any and all deception, knowing what? That you and I, as adorably cute as you are, are adorably wicked within that you and I have a tendency to bend the truth. And we have to repent from that. We have to turn from that. The way that I think we do that, first and foremost, is bring other people into your life to assist you, to help hold you accountable. It says in God's word that we are to let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth, that by bringing people in, say, I want you to hold me accountable in my conversations, in my word, in my actions, in my behavior. We can't just turn and turn and and it's never gonna happen again. We have to understand that the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to be truth tellers for a purpose. Not only that, but we have to do is trust Jesus to carry the burden of all of our sins, knowing what? That there is one, there is only one who has always told the truth. There is only one who has never taken that which was not his to take. There's only one who restores and redeems and rescues. And this one is named Jesus. By what? By suffering in agony on the cross, he bore the weight of our sin, of our thievery. He bore the weight of our deception, of our guilt and in bearing the weight of our sinfulness when we acknowledge him as Savior and Lord he forgives us and he frees us from all of the past past lies past deception today it's not by accident we're here God has a plan for your life God has a good plan, and I believe it's so that this day we put the past of whatever it has been behind us, and we seek to live as those called out, impacting, that we live separate and distinct and holy from all of those around us. Think of what Jesus did in Mark chapter two, when he heard of it. He said, "Those who are well have no need of a physician, but for those who are sick, I came to call I came not to call the righteous." But sinners. That's a word for us. That's who we are. The Apostle Paul himself says, I was a blasphemer and a persecutor. I was an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorant in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. There is such incredible good news There's such an incredible good plan for your life. So we live today beginning this moment with a unique and different perspective. I heard it described like this and I'll close with this. Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorite preachers of all time, envisioned all of creation as a vast orchestra poised with their their bow strings drawn, their mallets raised, their fingers on the cello and violin strings. Their mouths are open as if ready to sing. And yet, everything is totally still. He describes covered with cobwebs, unable to accomplish the task for which they have gathered. There's a problem here. The problem is the conductor has defaulted. He failed to step to the podium to direct the symphony in creation. And everything waits in frustration and eager anticipation for the conductor to arrive and begin the music. You know, that's exactly the picture that the Apostle Paul had in place when he wrote in Romans chapter 8. For the creation waits with eager longing." of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. But but you realize that there is coming a time, people, and be encouraged by this. In all of the craziness, there's coming a time when the sons of God, that's you and I as followers, as believers, are revealed and we will receive the freedom of glory when we follow the Lord to the podium and at that moment, the the bows will move, the strings will be played, the voices will rise and the music will begin and all of creation will be released from its brokenness and its bondage. And there's a time coming that we will be restored to our original purpose with unfettered and unfrustrated, Praise of God. In this world right now, two words, patience, patience. We have got to hold on to that. Patience, people in a broken and dishonest and frankly dangerous world. Patience. May we persevere as we await the coming conductor, the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads and pray with me?